welcome to Autism in the Adult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Teresa Regan, an adult neuropsychologist. I specialize in brain behavior relationships for those 14 and older. I'm the parent of an amazing teen on the autism spectrum and a certified autism specialist. I am deeply grateful to bring validation, hope, and purpose to individuals and their families living on the autism spectrum. With this mission at its core, I founded and currently direct the OSF Healthcare Adult Diagnostic Autism Center in Central Illinois. My books include Understanding Autism in Adults and Aging Adults and Understanding Autistic Behaviors. For more information and to join my online community for free, visit www.adultandgeriatricautism.com. Please join me in helping individuals, couples, and families thrive while living life on the autism spectrum. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Regan with another episode of Autism in the Adult podcast. I'm happy that you joined me today for the topic of social multitasking. There are so many components to what we might call social multitasking, so many examples, but this is often very difficult, very challenging for those who are on the spectrum. And it can look different ways. So multitasking might occur if you are having a conversation in a group. So you're speaking in this group of people and you have to multitask what's the emotional tone of the group Whose turn is it to talk? When did the topic just shift? What do people's faces look like? What are their nonverbals expressing? And that would be a great example of multitasking. Another example of social multitasking might be, you know, the ability to keep eye contact while also listening to what the person's saying and thinking of what you might say next. So social multitasking can take many forms, and it is very uh, a commonly reported challenge for those who are on the autism spectrum. The type of multitasking that we're going to talk about today in the podcast is family life. So if you're living in a household, you have a family, and that might look like um, you having a spouse or a partner and children in the home. So there are multiple people with multiple age groups and varying needs. A lot of times couples where one or both of them are on the spectrum will say that their dating went really well and that the person who is on the spectrum was attentive and romantic and the connection was really good. And then once the children were added to that family unit, the person seemed disengaged, irritable, much less connected, much less able to do family life. And then the struggle for the partner in that case, let's say this is a neurotypical partner, is to think, gosh, does this person totally not find me attractive anymore? Do they not like having children? Do they not like their life? Do they uh, just not want to put forth the effort? Was it all a show while we were dating? But actually, what happens most of the time is that this is a great example of social multitasking. That during dating, 
the attention of the ASD partner might be really focused on their dating relationship. And it may even be that this relationship becomes a fixed interest, a really intense interest, and they are all in. It may even be the case that they're so all in uh, with attention to this dating relationship that they might exclude other friends. Maybe they often spent time with siblings or perhaps peers in a special interest group, and now everyone else is kind of feeling abandoned because the person is so attentive to the partner in the dating relationship. And the partner, of course, reaps that benefit. They feel that uh, interest, that attention, that romance, and that really bonds them perhaps very quickly. It's sometimes also the case that the person can really connect with their partner during the dating relationship because maybe they met within a special interest group. And so then for the autistic adult, you have not only this connection with a peer that is so engaging, but also the connection around a special interest and a shared interest. That may even make it more likely that this dating relationship is something that's all engrossing to this person. I think it's also true that sometimes dating relationships have enough structure that even though they can be difficult to navigate, that sometimes there's enough relationships that you can mimic uh, that are in the media, on TV, and romantic comedies that Perhaps the ASD partner who's in this relationship knows, oh, I should get flowers for Valentine's Day, and I should tell her that she looks really nice. And, you know, these kind of basic, extravagant, romantic modeling uh, types of instances that may really be easy to pick up from the media. The more messy parts of a personal relationship that last over time over decades, you know, that's more difficult to navigate. But this, um, let's go on a date, let me pick you up, let's go to a restaurant, let me get you flowers, that type of thing can have enough structure that it can be uh, more easily modeled by the ASD partner who really does want to connect with this person. So let's say that this dating relationship does turn into a long-term partnership, a marriage, These people are now partners or spouses in this committed relationship, and they have children at that point. Now, this is where the social multitasking begins. Now, there are many reasons that I'm going to call this partnership a marriage just for sake of uh, clarity and summary. There are many reasons that being married to someone over years is difficult. We all feel that challenge. We're navigating really kind of messy relationships over long periods of time with less structure, and it's always going to be more difficult than some of that dating life might be. For the individual on the spectrum, there might be lots of reasons that family life is difficult. For example, there's often less alone time, so this person might need that recouping time. Perhaps they go to a job, they come home, 
you know, they really need some quiet alone time. That's hard to get when you are in a household with children. Also, just the sensory impact of a household with kids. You've got sticky floors and loud noises and screaming and just a lot of sensation that can be difficult to manage for this person on the spectrum. Also, as we said, it's kind of once you're in that marriage relationship, I think there's a lack of definition. You know, what is this marriage going to look like over time? There might be a little more clarity when we look at what a dating relationship looks like in the media and a little less clarity, a little less structure about what do we do now in this long-term relationship where we're living day-to-day together and we've got these kids to manage and life is just more complex, less predictable, and just messier. It's also true that, you know, once you have kids in the house that it's more difficult to come together with your partner based on a shared interest. So it may be that you both really met because you love to do theater or you love to do board games. But, you know, it's really hard to get that alone time to focus on your special interest. And that can also add to the strain. But today, we're going to focus on the difficulty, which is social multitasking. So aside from those other difficulties, there is a social multitasking demand in a family. So let's talk about why. There are people of different age groups in your household. So one of the difficulties that the ASD partner might have is that we need to be adaptable where we're going to interact with a three-year-old differently than we interact with a 10-year-old. And not just interact, but parent So a three-year-old is going to need different things from us as a parent, and they're going to understand different things, and they're going to need different kinds of structure. And a 10-year-old, boy, you're going to have to shift your parenting skills a little bit. Their cognitive level is higher. They're wrestling with deeper things about friendship and school and um, boundaries. And so the multitasking ends up being not just a group of adults that you're speaking with, but you are now interacting with your spouse and people of different ages. And it doesn't stop there because it's not only people of different ages, but these are individual people. They have their own personalities. They have their own temperament. They have their own needs. And one three-year-old is not going to need the same thing as another three-year-old. So you're also having to really know these people as individuals. Individuals that are changing with age. Individuals that change day to day because they've had a different kind of day than they did yesterday. They all have different needs. And these aren't always spoken out loud. There's also more roles now for this person in uh, this household with kids. So not only are they the partner or the spouse, but now they're also a parent. And that adds this other layer of role. They don't only have to kind of watch what would a dating person do. Now they have to think about what would a parent do in this situation? What would a spouse do in this situation? So you have a complex, messy, changing environment with multiple social demands from multiple different people. 
what kinds of things might be helpful? Well, one thing I think is to just realize that this might be the context. Um, I think we're quick to jump to that feeling of, again, did, did this person not, were they not sincere in the dating relationship? Could they easily do the same behaviors now that they choose not to? Uh, now that we're married, they don't have to be romantic. Um, perhaps there's just this insecurity about the person's intentions. Um, but one thing about the brain is that when you see this inconsistent behavior, a lot of times it's because the demand of the environment is different than it was before. So it may have nothing to do with what they feel toward you, with what their intention is, with what they would like to do, but it may have to do what is the actual demand on them now, and can they meet that demand? How is it different than it was before? So as we said, in a family, there's a lot more social multitasking demand. A second thing that you might want to do when you're approaching this kind of complexity is try to have better social connections with this person and invite them into better connection by reducing some of the social multitasking demand. So how might you do this? Well, you can't do it all the time. As we said, family life is messy and it is what it is, but you could reduce the social multitasking by perhaps having separate evenings together. So maybe one night is a date night where the couple is alone and they do uh, what they had done before. Perhaps they do get to do uh, a night with their special interest. Um, also, it might look like the parent taking out one of the kids and then okay, now I don't have to attend to a three-year-old and a 10-year-old in my spouse, but now I connect with a three-year-old. And that might be challenging in its own, but at least you're removing some of the challenge. You're making it a little bit more doable. You can also think about adding structure to this time. So sometimes what helps the dating relationship is not only that the person has less uh, multitasking, so not as many people to attend to, but also that sometimes there's a little more structure in some of the dating forms of relationship. There's more structure to the role, and there can be more structure to the uh, date nights. So perhaps a couple met during um, a Bible study, or they've got a youth group or a young adult group that they do things with, and that creates this structure. So instead of just having a night where you're hanging out and sharing your feelings, it might be easier for the ASD individual to engage when there is an event or a task or a structure. Let's do this activity together. Let's go to this place together and we'll enjoy this show or we'll eat at this new restaurant. So it adds some structure and it reduces ambiguity. So the individual on the spectrum also will have difficulty with social ambiguity. So I'm here, quote, hanging out with somebody that I like, but I'm not sure what my role is. I don't know what to talk about. Um, I'm not sure what the structure of the evening is. So if you can add that in, that can be really helpful. You know, let's go to this baseball game. 
something that adds some structure and it is an activity you guys can enjoy together. And finally, the last thing I'll say is that it can be helpful to be really verbally clear in giving the autistic adult a role in that situation. So a lot of times the adult on the spectrum might be standing in the midst of what feels like social chaos in a full family home. And they may just be frozen. Like, I don't know who to attend to first. I don't know what my priority is. I don't know what my role is. And one helpful thing can be for the partner to say, hey, you know what? Today's been a really rough day for our three-year-old daughter. I'm going to get her in the tub and help her settle down because she needs to sleep. Could you play basketball with, you know, our 10-year-old boy? giving them a role, giving them an invitation, a specific thing to do. So the more ambiguous the invitation is, like, could you help, you know, don't just stand there, do something, those are really ambiguous invitations. So the person on the spectrum might really benefit if you're able to say, the day was like this. What I need is this. What this child needs is this. Could you do this part of it? And similarly, a nice thing to do might be, you know, when the partners see each other at the end of the day to say, this is what I need right now. What do you need? It's kind of like a huddle break at the end of the day. Like, let's huddle and figure out where everybody's at because everyone has different needs. This is my need. What is your need? And maybe the adult on the spectrum needs alone time before they engage with family. And then you can set that aside. You know, why don't you spend 30 minutes alone regrouping? And then what I need is this. So you're specific. You're acknowledging the various needs of different family members in the household And you're defining a role for that partner at the end of the day. I hope this gives you some context for why a dating relationship might be really engaging with the partner who's on the spectrum, whereas daily family life may seem much more difficult, harder to engage that person. Perhaps they seem frozen or isolated or they just can't engage. Maybe they're quickly irritable. But the context might be social multitasking. And to the extent that we can reduce the multitasking, make sure that they have some alone time to regroup, help define their role, and add some structure to together time, these things might end up increasing the really nice connection times that you're able to have when you're partnering with someone on the spectrum in a complex family living environment. I'm so glad you joined me today for this topic on the realities of family life. I hope it benefits you and I can't wait to have you join me for the next episode.